Hello and welcome to episode 145 of Frithcast. Hello. I am half your hosting team. My name is Suzanne Martin. I'm a heathen who knows stuff. And I am the other half of your team. My name is Kate and I reside at this abode. Welcome to the programme. We hope you enjoy this episode with us. Recently, we'd been getting some feedback that helped us understand that we were not being sufficiently academic with our programmes. And we would like to take this start in the new year, 2023, to rectify that with a discussion around Eagle Saga, which we have not yet covered. And I'm very much looking forward to exploring the academic nuance. It's a story that I haven't uh, uh, acquired a great deal of familiarity with uh, myself, so I'm definitely um, uh, interested in, in finding out more. Yeah, so as a, a, a qualified academic myself, I can lead this discussion between us. So looking at, I think maybe a good place to start would be the remains of Eagle. Eagle Scalagrimson is a, uh, a very, very famous individual, and his bones are very much in academic, hot academic debate. So the descriptions in the sagas of, there are some very unusual physical things, unusual markers about Eagle himself, and especially after he dies. So much so that in 95, Bycock proposes that he actually has a rare disease because he has a lot of the hallmarks of Paget's disease, which is a disease disease that thickens bone Mm. and would give his remaining bones the appearance that they are said to have when they are exhumed to be reburied in the Christian churchyard after his death. Yeah. So when his bones are exhumed, they're described as being very thick, very heavy, and his skull is described as having ridges on it like a scallop shell. Mm. Mm. Uh, The Christian priest takes hold of the skull and remarks that it is very, very heavy for its size, very substantial human skull. So Bycock proposes that it's Paget's disease, which is this disease which thickens bone and which can cause blindness in later life. And we know from the saga itself that Eagle does go blind in his last few years. Hmm. Yes, I mean, it it is an interesting... um... It is an interesting sort of hypothesis, if I can put it that way. Um, uh, I mean, I did do a a little bit of um, when you told me that we were going to be covering this uh, this topic. I did do a, a little bit of uh, investigation, shall mm-hmm. we say? Yeah. You know, yeah. uh, a little bit of sort of preliminary research, and I understood that there was a, a another uh, suggestion from Weinstein yep. Yep. Uh, in two thousand and nine who. Uh, I believe proposed that um, the the anomalies that had been uh, detected um, or described were possibly related to skeletal fluorosis. I mean, yeah, it is a counter theory and it's a very interesting one. Um, there is a third theory by Kavanagh from 2014, which looks at the whole instance of the priest with the skull in a very different light. Mm. The priest actually takes the skull and puts it on a fence post and tries to destroy it with an axe, but hmm. cannot do so. And the uh, the skull is is noted as not being marked, but just going white. Okay, yeah, an interesting experiment for uh, for a priest to undertake, it, I would say. Yeah, well, yes, hmm. and that's why Kavanagh understands that to be very much a literary device to maybe show the the victory of Christianity over paganism and trying to destroy the old ways with the destruction of Scalagrimson's skull. Mm, mm. But that skull surviving and that undercurrent of 
um, heroic narrative still going through the Christianization of Iceland and is then underneath in that uh, the literature that's produced after that point. Have they gone yet? I was just going to say, what are your feelings on Budge? Are they still publishing him? I sound so educated. Not doing that again. There's nothing wrong with being educated. Don't get me wrong. I'm all for being educated. I know. That was was how I used to have to discuss things. It's good to flex those muscles. Uh, But fear not, lovely listeners. You are back with Frithcast. This is episode 145. Hopefully you recognised our voices at the beginning. But just in case you didn't, I am Suzanne Martin. I'm a heathen with a head full of stuff. And I'm Kate, and I'm a non-heathen who just happens to live here. Yeah. So I hang around and and, and get my opinions all over Frithcast. <laughs> it's been a long time <laughs> since I wrote my thesis, let me put it that way. I was having to think about all the ways, like, having to remember how academic voice works. I think the, point, I think the point is made, we're not an academic podcast. No. One of us has an academic background... Yeah, and keep it in a little jar on the bookcase. I'll give <laughs> take it out for walks. I was gonna say, I'll give you a clue, lovely listeners. It ain't me. Pants, that means it's me, right? <laughs> There's only two of us here, and if it ain't you, oh, pretty much. Um, um, but yeah, I, I am. We, we, we're not an academic yeah. podcast. We just talk about stuff that we're interested in. Yeah. And sometimes we delve into things a bit and find out some details, and other times. We don't. We 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 just we just say what's what we think about things, you know. Yeah, and we're kind of hoping that it's a nice, easy way, gentle way for you to be able to gain a little bit of confidence with a subject hmm. and be able to springboard off and do your own research. If you are looking for all the references from that opening section, they'll be in the show notes on Podbean. I'm just going to put in a little. Um, I think I think you used the used the phrase. You know, just 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 in casually, you know, in in passing. But I'm going to put a little uh, advisory in, uh, lovely listeners. If you do decide to do your own research, oh, yeah. um, please make sure that the sources that you're researching from are credible. Um, yeah. You know, we don't want any of you going off and discovering flat Earth or anything like that. Or... I mean, you can just you can discover it and put it right back where you found it. Well, that's that's, that's true. Too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's all yeah, good. Yeah. <laughs> <clears throat> All right, so before we really get going with today's episode, 
We would like to say a big warm virtual campfire and frithcast welcome to our lovely friends at Awaken the North. Hello! Hello, Hello lovely, lovely people! Hello, lovely friends. I would um, say delicious friends, but that's a fallen London, yeah, London thing. Yeah, no, we didn't. Yeah, wrong, wrong thing. Wrong, wrong thing. thing. That's okay. They probably copyrighted it. I don't know. Probably. Bats. Bats. Yeah. Just stolen by bats. Yeah. Um, so, lovely, lovely listeners, if you are looking for an inclusive, international, vibrant community of heathens who are very much welcoming and very much looking to discuss modern heathenry in all its facets and wonders, take a look at Awaken the North. They've got a fabulous website, they're looking at building up literature. They also have a wonderfully active Discord server with very many different specialist rooms when you do become a member. So you can go along, have a look at their public channels, have a nosy around and see what you think. We think they're awesome. We rather do. We rather do. Let's start the new year off. With some music! We, didn't we do that already? Did, Did we, we do, do the that? music already? I don't know. Where's the music going to go? I don't know. I was going to put it there. Okay. We'll put Let's it there. Let's start the music off with some New Year. No. No, that, that's good. That's good. We can run with that. Music. New, 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 new year. Yeah. <laughs> I see what you did there. <laughs> that's very good. Thanks. So, Eagle's Saga. Eagle's actual saga is actually going to be the actual topic. It is, but not in that not kind like that. of... No, not like that, because I I can do that. It just takes me a wee bit of effort no, you did. to I remember love... how to do it. I know? love the fact that you wrote all the sources down. Of course And the I references did. and everything. Yeah. That's, that's so I could read off first this thing I've about actually, Weinstein. It's the first time I've actually written the, re- the, the references down before we did the podcast. We usually write them down afterwards. Yeah? Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Eagle Scalagrimson. Yes. Son of Scalagrim. Son of... Literally the son of Scalagrim. His father is called Scalagrim. Hmm. Yeah. So, Eagle's Saga. And it is a bit of a beastie. It's an absolute banger of a blockbuster to start a new year <laughs> off with. It's a, a, a... I think the popular music radio stations would call it an absolute belter. To be honest, they'd be probably more likely to call it a banger now. A banger? Yeah. I do stand corrected. I'm just saying, because you did call it a banger initially, because yeah. I know that's, yeah. you know, I know, like, with with the, I know we're, because we, as, you, as you know, we're both, you know, down with the kids, and we yes. understand the latest uh, um, musical possibly. references. Possibly. 20 years out. And all that. Yeah, I was trying yeah. to, I was trying to kind of shave a few years off. And, yeah, you know, okay. if you look at me in a, if you look at me in the right light, yeah. I only look about 76. Well, let's put it this way. Somebody puts a recording of Eagle's Saga on, on the dance halls. That is going to go off. Indeed. It is... Everybody's going to be up there. They're going to be... Doing their thing to this saga. And this saga is a belter. And now all I can think of is, is phrases like throwing shapes. Yes. And what we was the thing slips. about a rug? Was it cutting a rug? Do you know what? That was an old, old phrase for dancing. To throw shapes, especially throw to shapes chapter well. 34. So, Eagle Saga. <laughs> let's talk about Eagle Saga. <laughs> let's talk about Eagle Saga. So, so like who... a lot of the saga, it's written way after the time. Okay. So this is written somewhere between 1220 and 1240. Mm-hmm. And, and he would have lived about? 
Eagle would have lived 904 to oh, wow. 995. Oh, crikey. So that's like... Give or take a year or two. 300-odd years we're looking at. Yeah. Okay. So the narrative for Eagle Saga, like a lot of the Icelandic sagas, starts like two generations before the hero comes in. Of course. Of course. And you get his grandfather and his grandmother and the the girl that lives with them and her boyfriend and their cows and their cows lunches and then you get his father coming in and their two heated towel rails and their two heated towel rails and all of that and finally you get down to eagles so the narrative actually covers a period of from about 850 to 1000 AD okay but eagle himself covers yeah a good solid portion of that of 904 to 995-ish. Ish-ish. Mm. Ish-ish. Yeah. So some accounts will call him 80 years old when he dies. Some will say he reaches 90, 95. Yeah. Uh, and so you've got an ish of a fairly big, solid lifespan. So he is a poet. Okay. He is a very specific type of technical poet called a war poet, a skald, but... He works in what they call skaldic meter, which in its original language is a very, very highly formed, highly technical way of writing poetry. Okay. It doesn't, when you translate it through to another language, it loses half the nuance and the rhythm because it's all gone in the original. Yeah. I'm, <clears throat> all I can, all I can see is Yaskia. Yeah. Right now. Yaskia. And, the original dandelion. And I'm assuming that that's what happened there. Mm. Um, he wrote a highly technical uh, ballad, yes. or song. Um, in his balanced rhyming meter. In his original language. Yeah, all there. Then it got translated into English for the TV show. And that's why it makes absolutely bog all sense. Yes. Once it gets... I mean, it's a great song, don't get me wrong, but the lyrics are absolute nonsense. They are, and they're just delightfully beautiful. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah, yeah. That could have very easily happened. Mm. You know, the original author is Polish anyway, so it could have very True. easily happened that yeah. he's writing it in Polish, and then you end up with that. Yeah. Um, so he's a war poet. He's very, very highly skilled in this very highly technical form of poetry called Skaldic Meter. Yeah. He's a rune sorcerer he doesn't just know the runes he can work bend them to cause effect okay he's a berserker he gets very very grumpy every once in a while so was he was so he was actually a warrior as well oh yeah okay fair enough yeah 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 and he was a farmer just tacked on the end there by the way also farmer i tell you what what didn't he do I don't know. Knit? I've no idea. <laughs> You're going to tell me he was a skilled mariner? He, well, yes, there is a point where he <laughs> takes a warship out with his brother. So, yeah, that, yep, that, yep. that would work. So, he has one brother who features a lot in these stories and two sisters who basically don't. Okay. And he starts his very, very early life off aged three by composing his first poem i started my life earlier than that i know <laughs> he starts his saga life off okay. aged three which is his first if you count the sagas as like notable points yeah he starts his first notable point aged three okay when his his grandfather ingvar 
is hosting a feast and Eagle's father tells him he can't go. Tells the three-year-old yeah. that the three-year-old can't go to the feast. Yeah. Okay. Eagle has a tantrum. Yeah, he's three. I know. You tell a three-year-old no, most people out there know what happens. Yeah. Yeah. Stampy feet. Yeah. If we have not experienced having done this, we have seen it happen. Yeah. So, he tells the three-year-old no. Eagle then decides that he's going to take his little three-year-old butt and travel to his grandfather's while the feast is going on and arrive at the door and create a praise poem to praise his grandfather for being a wealthy giver and a, a good um, fortune foster fosterer and somebody who he's he, he, he can stand there and praise and say that there's no three-year-old in your hall that's a better poet than I am. Well, I mean, okay, yeah. taking these in... Taking these step by step. Yeah. First of all, please tell me that Grandad lived across the street. I don't think they did. Right. Because when you said he's going to travel to his granddad's, yep. I get the impression we're probably talking like the incredible journey kind of travelling here. Yeah. Okay, fine. Three-year-old. All right. So three-year-old manages not to get murdered or eaten yeah. on the way to Grandad's house, arrives at the door... Composes a poem. Yeah. Praising his grandfather. Praising his grandfather. For his generosity as a host. And saying, and I think I'm I'm, I'm summarising, I'm paraphrasing okay. you. Okay, yeah, yeah. I'm basically the best three-year-old poet in this banqueting hall. Yeah. And you know what? He was right. He was. He was. <laughs> he was entirely right. So, next notable event. Eagle is poet first. And Warrior being his kind of secondary set of skills. Um, kind of, yeah, he manages to kill a boy with an axe aged seven. Not the axe is aged the seven. The axe was aged seven. <laughs> when Eagle was aged, let me pull that, okay, fine. When Eagle was aged seven, he killed a boy who he was playing a game with. Yeah had a disagreement with him in the course of the game, went home, grabbed hold of an axe, came back and killed the lad by hitting him in the face with it. I'll just pause my shock and horror. Just okay. put that on one side for the moment because I was very disappointed that you didn't correct yourself and then say, at the age of seven, he killed a boy with an axe. Because then I was going to say, well, what did Eagle use if the boy he killed had an axe? Oh. You see? Yeah. But you but you dodged that I one. I did, I dodged that one. We'll put it in there for posterity. Okay. So, so um, that if, conflict if I, if I may. escalates and another seven men are killed in the retribution. Oh, for God's sakes. When Eagle gets home, his father is not pleased. Really? Yeah. Okay. He sends his son out to play age seven. Son causes a bloodbath. <laughs> so, Yon Daddy Dearest is not impressed. Yeah. However... Eagle's mum says he now has the makings of an excellent warrior. So mum's pleased. Mum is beside her apron strings pleased. Okay. Dad, who is a warrior, Dad's like, oh, for is not impressed. And it kind of reminds me of the scene uh, at the beginning of the film where Ron Weasley steals the magic car to go and get Harry out from his the privets. Yeah, yeah. Privet drive. And they get back, 
And Molly Weasley says, where have you been? And they sit down and Arthur Weasley comes home. And Molly says, the boys took your car out last night. And she's like, he's like, oh, how did it drive? And he's like, she's looking at him going, no, that was very bad, boys. Don't do it. That's kind of what this reminds yeah, me like, of, only the like, other way around. That, that wasn't the direction I was going with this. No, that's, that's okay. We can go there. So he, Eagle, aged seven, kills another boy with an axe. Yeah. Later on, uh, a, a lot later on in his saga, he's... Eagle is, is severely insulted and kills um, Bard of Atley, who is a retainer to King Eric Bloodaxe and Queen Gunilda. Okay. They're not best pleased that <clears throat> this bloke has killed their man. Yeah. So they basically spend quite a lot of their time trying to get revenge on him. Okay. Um, the Queen Gunilda incites her two brothers to go after Eagle to kill him in revenge for the bondsman being killed. Yeah, yeah. Eagle kills both of the Queen's brothers. Oh, good God. This does not end well. So, Eagle and his brother ready a warship and sail what they down they call down the Eastern Road. And they are very, very successful at sailing down the Eastern Road. They have a lot of battles. They win a lot of shine. They even negotiate a trade deal for six months' peace so they can trade with the nearby town. And then they carry on going. The same summer that they do that, King Harold Fairhair dies. Okay. So this creates a bit of a power imbalance. And King Eric Bloodaxe, who's already king of one country, wants... Fairhair's crown. Mm -hmm. So he murders his own two brothers to make sure that he's the only contender for that crown. Oh, wait, what? He. Okay. Yeah. Oh, the past is a different country. The past is a very different country. As are different countries. <laughs> Eagle, <laughs> Eagle then slays the son of King Eric Bloodaxe and Queen Gunilda. Okay. And raises. A myth staying against them and their lands. Not messing around, is he? You do not go full Nithstang. But he did. He, he went did. he went there. He went there. So right at the beginning I said he was a runic sorcerer. This is one of the times when he uses runes and he gets a pole, puts a horse's head on it, carves it with runes, enchants it with spells, and basically curses their lands. Okay. So Queen Gunald in revenge curses Eagle. Mm -hmm. um, the king and queen King Eric Bloodaxe and Queen Gunnild end up fleeing their country and going to Northumberland so province in the north of Britain yeah uh, north west of Britain north 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 yeah east northeast northeast I think mm -hmm. it's down it's down mm -hmm. the east coast isn't it I thought it was down the west coast north north right no, okay, fine. It's up there somewhere. North, north of England, anyway. And <laughs> north of England, so King Eric Bloodaxe and Queen Gunild end up going to Northumberland, mm -hmm. and they end up ruling that province. Okay. They set themselves up in opposition to King Ethelstan, who's ruling it in the south of England at the time. Eagle manages to get himself shipwrecked, and washes ashore in Northumberland. Of course! Of course! Of course! Of course. 
So word of his shipwreck has already gone to the royal court, so the only choice he thinks he's got is seeking out a friend who can plead his case for him and ending up presenting himself at the royal court so he doesn't get like hunted down and killed straight away. Yeah. So they go to the royal court, and the friend convinces... Um, Egil basically gives a praise poem to the king, uh, and his friend convinces the king not to kill Egil until the following morning. Okay. I mean, by this point, Egil's killed the king and queen's bondsmen. Yeah. He's killed both of the queen's brothers. Yeah. And he's killed the prince, the king and queen's son. So they're not best pleased with him. I was going to say, um, I imagine they're not that keen to listen to his arguments and appeals and protestations. Yeah, they're not. And he's in a bit of deep Mm. stuff about now. So the friend basically takes Eagle and locks him away overnight and says to him, mate, you are going to have to compose the best poem of your entire life, a drauper, a praise poem Mm. to the king. You are basically going to have to tell him exactly how shiny his shoes are and kiss the royal butt yeah. if you want to live. Mm, mm. Yeah? Write with me if you want to live. So, <laughs> overnight, Eagle composes what we now know as the head ransom, the poem that he composes in praise of King Eric Bloodaxe. Okay. And he's presented to the king and queen the following morning. He hasn't slept a wink since... And he composes this massive, long, beautiful, this scaldic verse praise poem. Yep. Absolute perfect meter. Brilliant words. And when he finishes the praise poem and does the mic drop ending, (laughs) the king is like, yeah, that was all right. Not bad. Not bad. We'll not kill you in return for your poem being so darn good. Scribes, you better have got all of those praise points. <laughs> because I want all of them. Do we please tell me that history has preserved the head this ransom. magnificent... It has. Has it? We've got the whole thing. Fantastic. I'm not, I'm not proposing that we should read it out now, obviously. Uh, verse one. <laughs> no. So, Eagle fights at the Battle of Brunenberg... And his brother dies in that battle, and he's given two chests of silver in compensation by King Ethelstan, who is the in south, the south of, England of the guy. country. The south of England guy gives Eagle two chests of silver in compensation for his brother dying in that battle. Where did you say the battle was? Brunen- Brunenberg? Brunenberg? Brunenberg. It doesn't sound like it's in England. Brunenberg. I think it's in Northumbria somewhere, or it was. They okay. don't know exactly where. All right, okay. A bit like Camelot. Bit like yeah. It was in it was in England somewhere, but nobody really knows where. Yeah. And every and every and everybody wants wants it to be like in their area. Of course. So it's like if you're Cornish, it's like it was in Cornwall. Yeah. And if you're like living on the south coast, it's like it was in, you know. Yeah. Um, somewhere here, we lay claim to the mythic plast through the land, and that is a whole different set of academic theories. And I'm not going to go there. We're not doing so, academia. We're not. <laughs> so, after the fight of the battle. Uh, a little while later, he returns home to Iceland. Mm-hmm. Finally. He gets to go home to Iceland. He goes into politics. Oh, well. I don't know whether that's safer or not than being a berserk warrior and <laughs> being a warrior poet and a scald, but he goes into politics. Mm-hmm. 
In his last few years, he goes blind, which is another marker for the Paget's disease theory. Although, how old did you say he was? It's probably in his 80s or 90s by that point. I mean, to be honest, that's also it's also a marker of being in your 80s or 90s, yeah, especially that's fair. if you're, yeah. you know, you you you're living before the age of the electric lamp, uh, electric lights, and yeah. stuff. And this is an age where people had generally had very short, violent lives. Yeah. He's a very old warrior, and therefore you don't get old, bold warriors. There are old warriors and there are bold warriors. Yes. Yeah. If um, you meet an old, bold warrior and he can compose poetry, run. <laughs> it just, yeah, I mean, it just strikes me as like, I know um, <clears throat> your, um, your sort of medieval monks and things used to have all sorts of eyesight problems, didn't they? Because they, they did. were. And I know. by candlelight. Because we did talk about, we did sort of mention earlier on. I, I, I had the impression because um, Eagle was a was a was a poet or a composer of poetry. I, yeah. I sort of immediately had the idea that he was always writing things down and stuff. But yeah. I get the impression from what you were saying earlier that he 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 would actually just he composed it in his head and yeah, he just and recited it, it. Yeah, which is kind of impressive. It is, and it does then call into question all this amazing poetry that we have. Mm of his it's written down 200 years after he died yeah have we still got those precise words i mean don't get me wrong the poetry that we've got that he's said to have composed is amazing yeah it's just beautiful there is one particular poem where um he's written it because both his sons have died okay and he's talking about his grief as a father and he's one son dies of a fever and the other one dies by drowning and he's talking in the poem about how he can't fight the sea mm. he has no heart to go and strangle the waves that took his son wow and the grief is just absolutely fresh on the page mm. Mm. you can hear just the monumental sadness in what he's saying yeah but he yeah he returns home to Iceland, he goes into politics, he goes blind. Mm. As his last, one of his very last acts, he takes his treasure and he takes some servants and he goes and buries his wealth away from the family estate. Okay. And in his very last act of poetic violence, he kills all the servants that have gone with him so that nobody can tell where his treasure is buried. Oh dear God. Yeah. He's a 90-odd-year-old man, and you can presume that his servants are not 90-odd-year-old people. No. So he's still good enough when he's blind and 90 to kill people without being able to see them. I mean... I mean, we can take it at face value and just assume that he was just such an awesome... Yeah. ...all-round awesome... A fearsome guy that he could take down a contingent of as you say presumably considerably younger people yeah um i mean i suppose there's all sorts of other hypotheses we could come up with you know we could we could suggest that he got i don't know mercenaries in or something and killed the servants away from the burial yeah. site or the, the the burial site you know what i mean the site where they've put the treasure Yes, yeah. You know, but yeah, that's 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 ruthless. It is a little bit, and then his his remains are 
buried on the family estate. He dies just before Iceland is converted to Christianity. Mm. And his remains are interred on the family estate. Okay. And after that point, there is a Christian church built on the estate. And you get that story that we told right back at the very beginning. About the of priest. The bones being exhumed so that they could be reburied in the churchyard. And yeah. the priest taking hold of the skull, which now has ridges on it like a scallop shell. Mm-hmm. It's very, very heavy, very thick boned. Yeah. And the priest trying to putting it on a fence post and trying to destroy it, hitting it with an axe, and the axe doing no damage to it whatsoever. Failing to do so, yeah. So the bones are reinterred in a Christian cemetery and there is that paper by Kavanagh which looks at that whole little scene as not a literal scene, mm. but much more Christianity outwardly taking over the country but there's still being this undercurrent of identity and continuation that follows through okay so that is the whole of eagle saga and it's a bit of a beast that's quite a life it is and it's a heck of a life you know forrest gump has nothing on this guy <laughs> it's difficult listening to that to think i'm 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 one of these i'm, I'm one of these simple-minded people that 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 is sort of constantly i'm hearing these these stories of these sort of if i say a legendary figure mm. um he is a bit of a ledge i'll put it you that know, way because that that sort of doesn't necessarily imply uh it's it's not that it's myth it's not that it's a story of a hero particularly although no, i suppose he's kind from, of an anti-hero to be honest well this is what i was going to say it's yeah. like i'm i'm one of these people who will follow follow a story like that through sort of gradually i'll, I'll be kind of totting up points yeah you know in each column okay he's done this thing which is a really good thing and then he's done this thing which is an atrocious thing and it's like and with this guy it's like you know with it with the the hero of a story you can usually at least go yeah okay you had you know you 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 had good reasons for doing that or you had but it's like it just seems like this is this guy is just brutal violence with a with a dusting of poetry. <laughs> he is, and he kind of reminds me of the absolute ledge that is Spike out of Buffy. Mm. He's the anti-hero that you end up really, really rooting for and loving, but you you top his deeds, and that's not, you know, it's something about his character and the way he is rather than what he does. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah, Eagle uh, Scala Grimson is kind of the same for me. He's very much what he does will always be highly entertaining but what he does may be highly morally questionable at the same time yeah you know that's that's definitely the the sort of impression i get he's he's and i suppose with with all these stories there's there's always the the context that we've lost um yes. because i mean we 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 have we're inevitably going to lose this i mean it's the same with any any ancient story or old story it's, um there will always be certain symbols, mm. certain themes, and whatever that we probably don't that don't kind of stand out for us no. like they might have done for for people at the time. So, um, I suppose with any of these stories, it, it has to be you know you have to sort of look at it with, from the point of view of well, yeah, he might have been a real person. Mm. He might have actually done some of these things. Some of it might have been you know added on as frills later because yeah. you know this this kind of thing but 
Um, so it's it's always difficult to make a judgment, especially a moral judgment, yes. on somebody you know with that at, at this remove. Yeah, and there is a paper where which one is it now? There is a paper looking at him as the Viking ideal. Mm. Not only is he a very very skilled warrior who is prone to violence at the smallest sneeze. <laughs> but he's also one that is very, very skilled in other areas. So he is a runic sorcerer. There's a point where other characters try and poison him and they yeah. give him a cup at a banquet which has poison in it and mead or wine, something like that. Okay. And he draws a rune on the cup and puts an enchantment into it and the cup breaks. Oh, wow. Okay. Because it's figured out there's poison in it and the rune has broken the cup, the rune and his enchantment. Blimey. And there are there is another one where he comes across um, a landowner who has been thwarted in love and wants to make a young girl love him. Mm -hmm. And the young girl is now sick. And when Eagle goes to her bedside, he finds a set of runes which should be love runes but have been written wrong. Okay. And they're actually causing her sickness. So he scrapes the runes off the whalebone, writes a new set on, puts that back under her pillow, she completely recovers health. And falls in love with the... And does not. Does not? <laughs> I don't fall... think. I don't okay. think. Because, um, and he basically says then to the landowner, if you don't know what you're doing with runes, don't do it. Don't do stuff with runes. Don't do stuff with runes. It will not end well. Well, that's good because I was, I was expect, I was fully expecting there. You would say, oh, he, he wrote the, the the runes down properly. She recovered and fell madly in love with the landowner. No, he was writing once to bring her back to health. Which is, which is good because he mm. he brought her back to health and did not remove her agency. No. So that's quite nice. Agency. No. Um. We don't do love spells. <laughs> no, no, we do not. Do not do love spells. <laughs> Ethics of those. Good gods. That'll be a whole series of episodes. Mm -hmm. There are, what you were saying there about it being poetic license and about there being exaggeration and thrills and, and frills put onto it. Mm. Snorri Stilson, his accounts also talk about King Eric Bloodaxe and some of the other big figures that arrive in Eagle's story. Okay. But there are some of the episodes that Eagle talks about with great flamboyance that Snorri doesn't mention. All right. So is that that Snorri is trying to downplay a pagan hero because he's very much writing as a Christian? Yep, yep. Is he just simply recording what he understands the tale to be and half the frills have disappeared by the time he gets to write because that's after Eagle's saga is written down? Yeah. Are the frills are the, are the frills, frills only there because the pagans put them in yeah. to try to upplay yes. a pagan hero? They were like point on the upside, ka-ching. Yeah. So I'm not necessarily saying you know to try to get one over on the Christians because the Christians hadn't arrived by then. No. But you know, are they? And you've got things. I mean, you have a lot of devices in saga telling things like psychosomatic landscape. Yeah. So. In, in longer terms, that means that when you are telling a story, you're not telling it realistically to the landscape you're doing. You're making the landscape stretch and compact to fit your dramatic narrative. Mm, mm. So where there needs to be uh, a chase scene, you're making the road long and winding. And where there needs to be a point where your hero can hide in a gully away from his attackers, there is a little gully. 
and there is a stream and there might not physically be those features in the landscape but they're using the landscape for dramatic um, so um, it's a psychosomatic unless the stories are taking place in arcadia unless the stories are taking place in arcadia at which point good luck there is no guidebook <laughs> so there are differences between eagle saga's version especially of some of the frills yep and theatrics and the big kind of bombastic things that happen and snorri's very much plainer telling of the tale even though both of them contain these major historical figures the eagle just happens to come across a bit like a viking forest gump <laughs> he just kind of happens to wander into the back of every important scene in hamlet and be there <laughs> rosencrantz and guildenstern indeed yes. so you know it's very much did this life happen because this is an extraordinary life mm. from the age of very young he is very notable yeah. He's already making his exploits under the age of 10. Mm. And he's living a phenomenally long time for people in this age, where most died in childbirth, or child age... Childhood. Age, thank you. Childhood. Yeah. Childhood. Yes. As ankle biters. Indeed. Thank you. Most R of Rugrats. Most of them died as rugrats. Most of them do not get to the age of 30, 40, 50, and soon certainly do not get to 70, 80, mm. 90. That's a phenomenal age. I mean, I, And then you know, go blind and then kill people like some kind of mad Viking Zatoichi. It's a bit <laughs> mad, you know? I mean, it's, <clears throat> it's, a, <clears throat> it's a, an impressive enough age now. It is. You know, much less being a, 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 a sort of, you know, being in that in that period of history and in those kinds of situations. Yeah, um, and for us to have the whole saga for this. Mm. So not only do we have the poem that Eagle composed age three, we have the words. Wow. I don't know where from, but we do. From Eagle? I, obviously. At three years old? Of course. I, my bad. <laughs> But we also have the Head Ransom in yeah. its entirety, that poem he writes in praise of King Eric Bloodaxe, which wins him his life. We also have the, the poem he writes on the loss of his sons, and we have probably three or four others besides. So it's this text that is not only prose, these descriptions of what his actions are and what he does, but then has his poetry in there as well. And despite all of this, nobody could be bothered to preserve the middle line of the Pale Throne poem. No. Verse. Yeah. Should have given it to Eagle. Should really. Yeah. Mind you, he'd have made it about 80, 84 lines long, I imagine. He would. Just, just for P. And then so, by the way, <laughs> mic drop moment. <laughs> Boom! He'd have mic dropped at P and then nobody would know what the rest of the runes were. Yeah, that's fair. Actually. Yeah, he would have done that grumpy berserker poet so lovely lovely listeners we hope you have enjoyed your zoom around eagle saga with that little taste of academia which we definitely do not do no we don't do that we don't do that we sneak you a little bit of academia I... in like carrots in the base of a pizza we sneak it on in there and you do not know it's there but it is it's just underlying and we don't do budge we do not do budge we don't do budge we don't do academia we don't do love spells I think, no. I think we've established this. We do coffee and we do snacks. 
and we do a virtual campfire which we are very very glad you are sharing with us lovely listeners if you would like to find us online hopefully you kind of know where we are by now but if not it's all good we can you can come and find us at our virtual campfire on discord mm-hmm. you can find me i'm suzanne martin i am on facebook under that name and i'm also on twitter and on my blog at githa in jeans and should you for any reason want to find me i do <laughs> you generally know where i am maybe <laughs> But um, anybody else can find me on Facebook uh, as uh, Kate Coldwind. And I am also on Mastodon um, at Kate Coldwind at Mastodon.scot. That's S-C-O-T as in of from Scotland. Not Scott as in two T's as in Great Scott. Don't tell the child king of Twitter. He'll stamp his foot and have a temper. He can do what he wants, (laughs) to be honest. (laughs) He can do absolutely whatever he likes. Um, The Child King may do as he pleases. Indeed. Just as long as he stays out of Greta Thunberg's way. Yeah, that's fair, actually. She is fierce right now. Yeah. Okay. So, yes, if you want to. That's topical. That's not going to make any sense in a few weeks. It's not, but it (laughs) makes total sense right now. Um, If you would like to come and find us on Facebook, you can find Frithcast Pod on Facebook. Come and say hi to us there. You can also come and find us at the home of our virtual virtual campfire on Discord. If you follow the links to the Frithcast pod page, you will find our Discord server. Or alternatively, you can give one of us a nudge. We will let you into the virtual campfire. No problem. Come and say hi. Mm -hmm. Come and talk about Eagle because he is a bit awesome. He's a Mm. bit of a ledge. Or anything else you want to talk to us about, we are happy to talk to you about yeah. it. That 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 started out a much more coherent sentence than it finished, to be That's honest. That's okay. That's a perfect encapsulation of our entire <laughs> podcast ethic. <sighs> Lovely listeners, we'll talk to you all next time. <laughs> That's the point where you say bye! Oh, yeah. I was going to say something along the lines of come and join us again for episode 146. Oh, okay. Yeah, of can... Frithcast. Of Frithcast. All right, all right, I'll let you off. Shall we consider I've said it or do you want me to say it again? You can say it again. Come and join us for episode 146 of Frithcast. Really and in the meantime... Seen... Yeah. <laughs> that'll be in a couple of weeks. And in the meantime... <laughs> Tell you what, should we start again? Right. Let's do that again. <clears throat> Hello, lovely listeners. Hello, lovely th- No, no, no. no. We're, we're, we're finished. We're wrapping up. We're wrapping up. We're wrapping up. Bye, so we'll lovely just, listeners. So we'll just say, yeah, you could do it like that. You could okay. just say, uh, we'll be back in a couple of weeks' time. Uh, please feel free to come and join us uh, for episode 146. We'd really love it if you could come and join us around the virtual campfire for that episode and all of our future episodes. How's that? Of Frithcast. Of Frithcast. Until then... Bye bye. Is that better? That's better. I'll do. Okay. okay, we'll stop it there. Yeah. <laughs> Sooner or later, we are going to have to learn how to no. do this. No, no, we're not. <laughs>